Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Campus Safety Voices. I'm Robin Hattersley, Editor-in-Chief of Campus Safety. Despite us being two and a half years into the pandemic and there being plenty of federal funding available, many schools have not taken action to improve their indoor air quality. According to the CDC, fewer than 40% of schools have replaced or upgraded their heating, ventilation, and air conditioning, also known as HVAC systems, since the start of the pandemic. This trend is particularly troubling because some of that federal funding must be designated by schools for spending by September of this year. To help us find ways that schools can take advantage of this funding, I interviewed Karen Cooper, who is Director of Offer Management at Honeywell Building Technologies. So with that, here's my interview with Karen. Enjoy the show. Be sure to subscribe to Campus Safety's YouTube channel and like or leave a comment on our videos. Or subscribe to our Campus Safety Voices podcast on Apple and Spotify and leave a review. So Karen, what funds are available for schools to update their indoor air quality and when must those funds be used by? So the funds most people talk about when we talk about indoor air quality are the funds that are from the federal government. And there's actually three different tranches of money. The first was the CARES Act, which is the one most people have heard of. And it was actually the smallest uh, bit of money. And that has to be obligated by September of 2022. So this year and obligated means it needs to be under contract and you have like a year to actually liquidate the funds once they're obligated. The next tranche of money was a little bit bigger um, and that was from the C the CRISA Act. And that um, tranche of money needs to be obligated by September of 2023. And then the really large pot of money from the federal government is the uh, from the American Rescue Plan. And that uh, was like 127 billion by itself. And that needs to be obligated by um, September of 2024. And those now, are also all, known as the ESSER funds, right? Yeah, yes. All those individual acts created several buckets of money. The one, the largest bucket for education um, is the ESSER fund. So how can schools use utilize these federal funds? So there's a wide variety of um, uses. So, uh, you know, getting kids back to school, creating virtual classrooms, um, learning, catching back up on learning. Can't think of the right word there for some reason, but that's okay. Um, and then it specifically also says that you can use it to inspect, test, maintain, improve, upgrade um, your HVAC systems uh, to improve the indoor air quality and the ventilation in schools. And those so tend to be large, big, expensive projects. Yeah, I can bet. Be. I bet. Uh, how can a school determine what to prioritize for upgrades? And I know it's not one size fits all, right? Yeah, it's not. And it's not just not one size fits all for school districts. It varies from building to building. So a great way to start is to get like an indoor air quality assessment and to find out what the air actually is like in your school at different times of the day and look at, at what the needs and the priorities of your school are. Um, and then once you have that assessment, you can say, you know, where's the worst air um, or where are people um, the most, do they go the most, do they congregate the most? Basically you can come up with a list of different factors and your uh, whoever you partner with to do this assessment can help you um, set those priorities and figure out how to the way the different um, aspects that go into prioritizing the projects um, and then create a list and just start checking them off. 
Okay. And what long-term strategies do you suggest so schools so that schools can not only upgrade their indoor air quality, but also maintain it for years to come? So I, I hope everybody that is looking at any of these projects um, is also putting in ways to measure the air quality. Um, I think that hasn't been done to the degree it should be. We're typically, when you talk about um, comfort or what you're measuring in a space, you're measuring like temperature and maybe humidity. And there's so many other components to air quality. So hopefully they're adding um, full IAQ sensors that look at like particulate matter and, you know, volatile organic compounds. Um, but at a minimum, also look at CO2 because CO2 can certainly tell you when you need to increase ventilation. It's, it's a decent proxy for that. Um, and then create a plan, like a master plan for where your building is right now, what the baseline is, and actually start planning for when you need to upgrade the systems in the future. You know, there's certainly the maintenance that you do regularly, changing filters and et cetera, et cetera. But I think a lot of schools have gotten caught out. In fact, um, I think this 50% of schools have HVAC, HVAC systems that are um, old and out of date and just aren't adequate. And if you have a good plan, then you can start making sure you have the capital available when it comes time to replace those HVAC systems. Thank you, Karen. Do you have any other sage advice you'd like to give our readers? Um, just that I hope indoor air quality isn't just associated with the pandemic. Um, it's all, all about a lot more than um, reducing the risk of getting a virus. It's, it you know impacts how you feel. It impacts your cognitive function. Um, and so I hope as we move beyond the pandemic, that indoor air quality stays as a topic of conversation for people because it is very important to a well-being. Well, so many students have asthma now, right? And so, yeah. I mean, that, you know, indoor air quality totally affects that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And any right. type of respiratory issue. Absolutely. And it's not just the students too. You got to think about the teachers as well and everybody else that's in the building. Very good point. Well, Karen, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.